0: Hello, I'm Alison Creel, founder of Above and Beyond Education, an online portal where every educator is celebrated for the amazing work that they do each and every day. It's a space where you can share what's going really well, celebrate, collaborate and support and so much more. Flying High is the official podcast for aboveandbeyond.education and each week we'll hear from one of our members who share the highlights of what's going well for them in their work in education. Our guest this week is Toria Bono, who's a teacher and the creator of Tiny Voice Tuesday, which was on Twitter, which is how I first got to know Toria. Um, which was um, well Tori's going to tell us no doubt you're going to tell us more about it Um, but my understanding is it's about helping educators find voice and be connected with each other and so on and then from there uh, you did Tiny Voice Talks which is your podcast Mm -hmm. series which you invited me to be a part of and it was such a privilege to be included Um, so thanks very much for um, being on our podcast today Um, hi I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so
1: much for asking me. It's really strange to be on the other side of the microphone. As as I said to you before we started recording, there's a level of discomfort because it's like, oh my goodness, I'm not the one actually asking the questions. I'm the one answering them. But I'm really excited because I just, as you know, Alison, I just love you. So to be asked by Alison Creel to come on the podcast was just the highlight of my week.
0: Oh, mutual fan club. This is cool. (laughs) So I know you've had, we've we've talked before a little bit about your career. You, yeah, your yeah. career is unconventional in so many ways. Um, and I would love for you to tell us about the journey that you've been on, which has brought you to the point where you are in teaching today.
1: Okay. I actually had to write notes because it is such, it's not like a straightforward journey in any way, shape or form. And a friend of mine, um, Nick Owens, talked about um, teaching careers being more like a climbing wall. And I've clung on to that ever since. And actually mine is very much a climbing wall. I do not have a ladder in any way, shape or form. I thought I did, but I'll talk about my climbing wall. So I started in 1990, gosh, this really ages me people um 1994 I think it was yeah possibly doing my very first PGCE in secondary and I was really young I was 21 and uh, and I was teaching very very you know I was teaching 18 year olds A-level politics and so on I hated it it wasn't for me and I ended up um sort of after qualifying in my PGCE I did some supply teaching in primary and then I fell out of teaching for five oh. years oh,
0: wow. not
1: it wasn't on purpose I basically moved to England the day after I moved to England I met my husband I fell madly and passionately in love and I started running pubs with him oh. that's what I did it was bizarre and um, after five years of doing a variety of different jobs I was really missing the vocation that I had found way back in the nineties and I went back to university. I went back to university of Brighton. I did at that point, they were offering this weird thing called a PG cert PD, which was basically if you'd already got a teaching qualification, but been out of teaching for a bit, you could return fabulous. So I returned, but I returned in primary teaching and I had to do, it was a bizarre qualification. When I look back on it, it was three months intensive, Um, one month full on in a a school and a lot of coursework and then I passed and the school I did the work um, work in a job came up so I I started teaching in my very first school which was an infant school and I was there for 13 years and I It was a massive, so um, as infant schools go, most people think tiny, this was a five form infant school, it was actually a first school in the days of first schools. so it had reception to year two, five forms across and I think I did every single possible leadership position you could have done except for the assistant head, the head teacher, because I did subject leader, I did year leader, I did everything and anything and the opportunities Alison were vast, they really were. And what I loved was working alongside a team of people because I knew that I didn't know mm. and to be given that opportunity of working alongside loads of people. So I, I wrote it down here. I was in year one for two years. I was in year three, for four years. I was in year two for six years. Wow. And, and I was um, having been, so I've been a year leader for the last three or four years of my time there. And then I moved on and I, I went into leadership Mm -hmm. in other schools and I was um and I I loved my time in leadership I really did I was in leadership for five years I was non-class based I really enjoyed it but in 2018 I was sort of thrown a massive curveball which was I was diagnosed with a very weird and wonderful illness um I was diagnosed with cutaneous and systemic mastocystosis which explained why physically I was crashing Um, Mm -hmm. at the end of weeks why physically you know I was in bed I really was struggling to function and I was I was like most people in education are when I was going into my day job putting on that face and managing the day Mm. Mm. and I was coming home and I was crashing and I've got um, a daughter I've still with my husband and I made the decision to step away from leadership I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. but I knew that I I wanted to go back to something I love because also leadership for me I recognized that I was further away from the little people that I wanted to be with Mm -hmm. I was spending more time with big people and nothing wrong with big people I'm just not as in love with all of you as I am with little people I, I love working with little people yeah so I took a maternity post um, at, weirdly, the junior school to the infant school that I've been in. Okay. And I'd like to say I live in the middle of both catchments. So it's hilarious. Basically, my entire educational career has really been in about a miles patch, and I live in the middle of it as well.
0: Wow. That's, <laughs> uh, so so many questions. Uh, so how do you manage boundaries? Oh, do you know what it's really funny
1: everyone seems I'm really well known in the local area funnily enough you know Mrs Bono <laughs> um, and, and you know the, the people over at, at Tesco's we're so oh, how are you Mrs Bono and the people that you know work down at the local restaurant I used to teach and like, I've taught so many people in mm. this community the funny thing is when they come up to me go oh Mrs Oh, I'm at university now, do you remember me? And I'm like, oh, not too sure. When did I teach you? The scary thing now is I've been at the junior school for four years and a woman came up to me the other day. And um, actually, I've got two stories. One of them was a child that I taught last year who said, oh, Mrs. Bono, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I used to teach her. Oh, that's lovely. Who is she? she went, yeah, she's my stepmom." <laughs> well, and I was... And I was like, wow. And then another woman came up to me a couple of weeks ago and she said, it it is Mrs. Bono, isn't it? And I said, yes, yes, it is. And she said, do you, you taught one of my boys? And I said, did I? And she said, yeah, they're 24
0: now. I was like, oh, gosh. Isn't it amazing how it goes on? Do you also find, um, so I don't I don't live in the community that mm. i'm talking, but it's not far from it and um, my local supermarket is in the uh, a lot of people from yeah. my work community come to the local supermarket and immediately they go to miss and oh I yeah go back into role it's just bizarre i'm not doing that job anymore, but the title just being called Miss takes you back to wherever it is well yeah
1: I'm always mrs. Bono and even parents whose children are in their 20s now will still call me Mrs Bono and I say well it's Tori and they're like no no it's Mrs Bono I can't call you anything else and I think that's really funny that it's like Mrs Bono that you know and it's it's a lovely sign of respect the fact that they still respect me that much all these years on so, yeah, so I've been at the latest school now for four years. I, I'm still, I've, I am very, very content and happy class teacher. And yeah, it's really funny, Alison, because I always thought that I wanted to be in leadership and the titles mattered and this mattered and everything else mattered. And what I found is that I've got a deep level of contentment in Mm -hmm. what I do today you know I go in I am a consistent adult for the children in my class I am I offer them a safe space I I love I absolutely love teaching I really do and I love developing my knowledge of teaching and learning and I you know teaching and learning has come so far since I originally started teaching and I find myself every day learning more and I just I love it I love what I do
0: it's amazing I had a conversation with Wayne Norrie this week Mm -hmm. who's one of the CEOs and uh, we were talking about teaching Mm -hmm. and that being the best part of our careers yeah but I I Actually spend very little time being a class teacher Mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, entered into leadership fairly Mm -hmm. early on in my career and the one thing that I would go back and change would be. To spend more time just being a teacher, closing the door, being with the class, yeah. um, enjoy it's a, a sacred space almost. Um, and when people talk to me about being in a rush to get onto leadership, yeah. then I often say, be careful what you're giving up. Yes. Because you don't recognize how special it is until you've moved away from it and you've moved towards it, which is really amazing.
1: Yeah I remember I said to someone I've gone back into the classroom and they went no (laughs) you've gone forward they said you've actually made a decision that few people feel able to make now I was was propelled to make that in a sense by my health because actually when I was diagnosed I sort of sat back and thought what do I want what do I want in my life what do I want my life to look like and actually at that point I was traveling quite far to the school i was at you know i i knew that i wanted a simpler life and actually i i didn't know categorically didn't know i wanted to go back to class teaching which is why i took a maternity post but actually as soon as i stepped foot in that classroom allison i felt like i'd come home honestly it was like oh this is why i trained this is why I started the job I did. And and I'd forgotten because I'd got so caught up in all of that leadership momentum that you do. But honestly, go, walking back into that classroom felt like I'd come home.
0: And if people could see you, which then, I mean, obviously I can see you, but uh, yeah. it's a podcast, so they can't see you. But when you talk about being a class teacher, you it's like you lose 10 years yeah. and you lock up and you've got the biggest uh, grin on your face. It's really magic.
1: I love it I absolutely love it you know and I really like supporting children that do find learning tricky but don't find things easy actually that's where I feel that I get a real sense of fulfillment because I want to make a difference I don't know why I want to make a difference I think everyone that goes into ed- education wants to make a difference I really really do Um, And I think many people can go into leadership and really feel that they are making a difference. For me, I get that feeling most when Mm -hmm. I'm in front of a class of children.
0: And that leads really beautifully into the other question that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, You talked, uh, again, we've got a bit of overlap here, uh, because I started off as I I started off training as a secondary teacher. Mm. And then actually found my place. I felt a whole lot happier um, teaching primary. It's a different, it's a different way of teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I'm not sure that I would have stayed in education if I'd stayed in secondary, whereas I was completely lured in uh, by primary. And you did the same thing. You, You talked about the fact that you started off being a politics teacher um, and then you left and you went back into to working with infants. I mean, mm-hmm. way apart. And again, I, I moved from secondary um, and I landed in an infant school. Yeah. Um, and it was for me the best experience. So you've done the same thing.
1: Yeah. And it was I became a teacher you know, I'd, I'd done a degree in Russian and politics, and wasn't overly sure what I wanted to do. And it was my sister that guided me to become a teacher. So I became a teacher, and I've got to be honest, I just didn't feel that secondary students were really appreciating my subjects enough. There I was teaching politics and history, and they were like, "Oh my god, like so boring!" And <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I remember going in and supply teaching in primary. And I think the very first lesson I did as a supply teacher was, you know, I went into reception and I was teaching about rubbish and about what we have in our rubbish. And they were so excited. And I thought, this is where I need to be. I need to be somewhere when we get excited about talking about what's in our rubbish, you know. Because it's just for me, it was like a different world. But I've talked to colleagues in secondary that are like, oh my God, I can't think of anything worse Mm. than teaching primary. So I do think it's down to you and your personality and who you are you know my fit is absolutely not in secondary my fit is with little people that like talking about bizarre things
0: yeah and often people will talk about leaving education stopping so they've got a passion for teaching but they leave and what you and I both did was we tried a different key stage And um, so there might be people in primary who are not feeling it. Mm. And um, would you suggest having a go in secondary?
1: Yeah, I've got um, some good friends that have actually moved from primary to secondary because actually they weren't getting what they wanted in primary. Mm. They weren't. What I think the teaching is very different, and what you get out of the day is very, very different. Mm. And they weren't feeling fulfilled. And it, that you know, they were going to leave the profession, but instead they moved to a secondary and they absolutely love it. So, I would say, I think there are too many people leaving our profession that are really good teachers. Yeah, you know, I think if you've gone through a teacher training, whatever that teacher training is, you're committed and you've shown that through the amount of work that you've done for that. So, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater go and try a different key stage try a different setting because sometimes Alison I don't know about you but sometimes it's the setting as well sometimes you work in one school and it's not a good fit and you move to another school it might be the same sort of key stage but
0: actually it fits with you. Completely. And I, I think that's really important. Be curious, be curious about mm. other things and other year groups. It was um, an ECT who put up a post on Twitter in the week um, who was devastated because she saw herself as a year one ECT and she was offered a placement in early years and she was scared. And I think just kind of lose that label and see yourself as a teacher and be curious and find your place Um, because as long as you've gone into it, which is what you, you, the the thing that you talked about was wanting to go in and make a difference, and as long as you've got that flame burning, that passion to want to be part of young lives, then be curious about where that might be.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, such, yeah, such good advice.
0: Mm. Hey, this is great. (laughs) So, Tell us tell us what's going on. I mean, you are one busy woman. So tell us what's going on at the moment, what's going really well. What do you want us to know about?
1: Well, interestingly. So, although I gave up leadership, and there were many aspects I, you know, that weren't a fit for me. One of the things I really, really missed, Alison, was that supporting and guiding other teachers. I really missed that. And I wasn't getting that from just being class teacher. So I decided. goodness knows why to take on last november and an apprenticeship in coaching and mentoring alongside an ilm diploma level five in Mm. coaching (laughs) so i've been doing that alongside my sort of teaching job so I've now done the practical which was the 54 hours of coaching I'm I'm in the middle of all my assignments and will be a qualified coach in March but that's fabulous because actually I'm really I'm using my coaching in school I'm supporting other teachers subject leaders leaders through the coaching and finding a real fulfillment doing that as Mm -hmm. well as my actual class teaching so that's sort of that's day job so I'm doing that and then I have all the tiny voice talk stuff yeah so tiny voice talks just seem it's going from strength to strength so we have we still have the twitter thread every Tuesday where people jump on and say hi then we've got the (laughs) podcast and that's been amazing because I've, I've talked to a myriad of people as you know on the podcast but recently I've talked to people about mental health with it you know teachers who have been you know, really have mental health issues that they've (laughs) had to address whilst teaching. Um, And that's been some really powerful conversations there. And then in, I think it's November now, the book will come out. So the book has 37 contributors all talking about different aspects of education. It's early years to further education. I spent my life pinching myself. I mean, it has been an absolute labor of love, this book. Mm -hmm. But I am so proud of being able to raise so many voices in the educational arena for others to hear.
0: That's fantastic. I actually had a conversation yesterday with someone who told me they were one of your contributors. Oh, wow. (laughs) so proud because i just you know i've been speaking i've I've been talking to her for about two or three years yeah. and to see her find her voice and become a contributor in a book is just like absolutely amazing so what's the name of it what's the title of the book tiny voices
1: talk so what? it's a bit of it's a bit of a twirl on the original tiny voice talks because it's not just one voice it is 37 different voices so we've called it tiny voices talk
0: Absolutely. education Absolutely. empowerment
1: yeah so I'm really proud of that I, I really I cannot wait for people to read it and see it because there's so much in there and I'm so pleased that we've managed to address so many subjects and I think it's one of those books that it's not going to teach you in depth about lots and lots and lots of different things but it's going to give you a really good flavor of things that perhaps people aren't aware of initially
0: absolutely amazing congratulations that Thank is you. fantastic news and uh, I just think that you are incredible <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you've given up time it's a Saturday morning and here we are <laughs> talking about school but just having the nicest conversation yeah, so I want is. to say thanks Tori Bono for being a flying high guest and for making us all think more deeply about our responsibilities um, in terms of making a difference and also connecting with each other and making space for the tiny voices too. Um, And also thanks to our listeners for joining us. And please go to our Wednesday Winners Forum on the Above and Beyond Education app to share good news stories. And let's reclaim our right to celebrate all the things going well in our schools and our education communities. Thanks, Toria. Thank you so much. If you work in education and you'd like to take part in an episode of the Flying High podcast, simply contact me. I'd love to hear from you and we welcome diversity in voices. Thanks to all our Flying High guests and to the education community for working together to make every school a great school take good care of you.